Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of Talking Rock, a show that kind of drops whenever we we feel like it. There's no really set schedule to what we do here. When I say we, I'm talking about myself and Joey Haney, who does just an excellent podcast called Rock Strikes 10. And I was just talking to him before we hit record about the 1981 episodes that he's done i've only listened to one of them but i listened to the whole thing and it was just so good what a good year for music the early 80s i don't know if it's just my age joey but i have such a soft spot for like 1981 through like 84 ish oh absolutely that that was and you know i'm i'm a little bit younger than you but not too much but i gotta say like 81 82 that was like kind of the first of you know, bits of music that I heard that I remember hearing. So, and even then, like some of those really popular and strong songs from 1981 were still getting airplay by the time I was really actively listening to radio. So I had a lot of familiarity with it, but honestly, before I did this like real deep dive, I was not aware just how really good and standout the year was. I thought it might've been one of those kind of uh, intermittent years between like a couple of big moments, but man, this thing is it's a hot list and just to give you an idea i listened to like over 250 albums to do this list and uh, strictly of course from 1981 and uh to make a comparison i'm already starting the 1991 okay. list and there's not nearly as many records just on just on the front of it like you would think that like business was like really happening and booming still like in 91 and i remember it being a good year and a good decent year for tours but way less albums and even way less considered albums that i would consider to be really good albums that stood the test of time there are some i mean i'm just i discovered a ton of stuff too doing this as we kind of all do if we ever do these kind of things so it's been a real thrill and a real joy so thank you for saying that and then yeah i, I hope i hope you i hope everybody that listens gets as much out of it as i did it's just been a ton of fun so yeah the response has been great and then it- Again, guys, the show is called Rock Strikes 10, and it's Joey's podcast, one of his podcasts, and he does a great, great job with it. And I always learn something listening to it. One thing I, I you know, always kind of knew, but Russ Ballard was in the episode I listened to. Oh, yeah. And if you guys, if you don't know Russ Ballard, let's just take a minute to talk about who this guy was, because you caused me to kind of go listen to some of his his albums from that time period. And he didn't really on his own, Joey, have a lot of big hits. I mean, there was a couple, right? I mean, winning was a big hit I, from what I remember. Yeah, it, it did okay. And Voices was probably his most successful solo song because it actually, I think, made the top 40. Right. Uh, but but outside of that, he's more known as a songwriter and song doctor, even though people know Argent a little bit, you know, his stuff with Rod Argent. And of course, he's mostly known by people like us as like a guy that wrote a few songs that some of the Kiss guys did, you know. And, right. But you go even further than that. I mean, Rainbow Since You've Been Gone, arguably one of the greatest rock there was songs. An, wasn't there another Rainbow song, too, that he did? Wasn't there two of them? I Surrender. I surrender. Right, 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 right. And, and like my two favorite America songs, you could do magic and the border. He wrote those songs. I mean, he's got a crazy resume and oh yeah, the two solo songs from the two ABBA ladies, big songs. He wrote those songs. Right. Okay. I know there's something going on and can't shake loose. Right. Right. And I mean, then the guy's a talent. 
don't forget that there was this really obscure band which is hard to find now the the lineup was was paul diano on vocals from iron maiden and it also included yannick gers gears depending on how you pronounce it um on guitar clive burr was on drums after he was out of maiden so it had clive and paul after they were out of iron maiden and it had yannick before he was in iron maiden Pete Willis of Def Leppard fame was also a part of the the band. They were they were very short lived. Gog Magog, and their album has a Russ Ballard cover on it that's quite good. And the name of it is slipping my mind right now. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I want to. Well, I've, I've I'm looking on, online. Yeah, and that's one of those bands I always forget that they exist. And when you say it like that, I'm like, man, I I gotta go. Yeah, dig, dig them out. I, I'm I'm doing I'm as we're talking, trying to Google it, and I can't figure out what the song was. But there is a Russ Ballard cover on there, and what just a talented songwriter. Again, I was on my I go jogging now quite often. I I it's a time when I really listen to music when I'm jogging, and I was the other day I listened to that song "Winning" that he had. Man, so good, just over and over again. It's a great song. Yeah. What song did you play on the 1981? podcast oh gosh that remember? was from it wasn't winning i think it was where do we go from here if i'm not mistaken. yeah that sounds right right and and the let's see because i now i've pulled up gog magog on wikipedia it <laughs> says it was uh gog magog released a three-song ep on an ind on the independent food for thought label in 1985 entitled i will be there two of the songs recorded were written by producer king i don't know who that is with the title track being composed by longtime Kiss collaborator Russ Ballard, <laughs> and and was originally released on his 1981 solo album Into the Fire. So there you go, entitled. Ah yes, yeah. He's got a thing about fire. I will too, be because... there. I will be there. That was the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, um, the whole fire thing. Uh, people that are into like hard rock and heavy metal, like we are, uh, there's a massive like. I call this like the most '80s album that people haven't heard yet from the '80s. His his album that followed that self-titled one that we were talking about yesterday, or that I brought up yesterday on my feed, uh, that was just a self-title. But he put out an album called "The Fire Still Burns" in 1985. Okay, like that should be like this monster album, but it's just like no one knows about. But it is pure '80s. Like, you know, if there's somebody trying to pick a a soundtrack for like Stranger Things or Cobra Kai or something, they should pick up on the fire still burns by Russ Ballard because it has this massive sense of familiarity to it. Super catchy, super mid eighties. And it's just so good. And I just, I found it like by accident and I can't stop listening to this record. So check that one out as well. Of course it's self-titled. Good. He's just, he's, just, he's just awesome, man. Like yeah. people don't know this guy and in an alternate universe, he's like, you know, like he's known like a, like a Jim Steinman is or something right. like that. Like as far as like for his songs for really people kind of know his name. Right. No one knows his name. It's so weird. Yeah, we will move off of him. But again, God Gave Rock and Roll to You by Kiss. He has a writing credit. That was kind of a rework, right, of an Argent song, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And it, if you, the original version is very hippy-dippy and uh, don't step on snails and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's uh, But it's fun. And it's really, it's a lot longer, too, than Kiss's version. And, um, he, of course, he did New York Groove. He wrote that, that Hello did, and then Ace did it. And then he wrote Into the Night, which yeah, Ray Lee's okay. Comet did. 
That's what I wanted to give a shout out to, which is a great song off that first post kiss record for, for ACE. Um, great, great stuff. So anyways, we are here to primarily talk about concerts. It seems like they are on the return fast and furious. I'm actually getting a little dizzy seeing how many dates are popping up on, on, in my email, I get, you know, emails from what is it? Bands in town and Ticketmaster yeah. and live nation and all this stuff. And they're coming in fast and furious. And I'm thrilled because when I click on them, they are not virtual shows, which for so long they were, I actually went to my first concert in a while, which I've spoken about on, on some of the other podcasts, talking metal and the Mark Striegel Patreon podcast. I've spoken about it, but it was Jordan Rudis of dream theater. I'm, a casual dream theater fan at best, I would say, but I, I had the opportunity to go see Jordan. I bought tickets. He was playing literally, literally like a mile from my house. If that, I mean, it's literally down the street and did you walk? We did not because it's, it's a, it's a hill and, and I was doing an interview and had my, my mics and, and stuff, but okay. we, we could have, we could have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Anyways, yeah, man, it was great. We got to hang out with him before the show for a 12-minute interview, 14-minute interview, and then we came, went and had some dinner and came back to the show. And it was a little weird. You know, it was a theater that probably holds three, 400 people, and they only sold 100 tickets, all of which sold out. And the guy, he just came out and he played at a, on a grand piano which belonged to the theater. So it must've been, they must've not had to pay the roadies much, you know, because there was nothing to move, but it was, it was really, really good just to be in a room with a a Juilliard musician playing uh, music. I I mean, it was, it was wonderful and and felt good. And, you know, it was was kind of a baby step. I feel like towards where we're going to end up. You live in Texas. I live in New Jersey. So the, regulations have varied between our states although i think new jersey is pretty much probably about to be where you guys are we we had our governor announce that it's no longer necessary if you're vaccinated to wear a mask indoors and that that's stores and everything however many of the stores are still making you wear a mask because it's up to them ultimately yeah and i have no huge problem with you know, especially like wearing a mask to go shop for groceries for like 15, 20 minutes in a sense. Plus like, you know, and me and a lot of other people that I know, we kind of had this conversation like, and not to get too much on the, the health thing and get back to the music, but you know, like I get sick and colds and everything like throughout the year I had consistently, you know, and you know, since this thing started, I haven't really ever right. been sick. Like, you know, so like I might not stop wearing it when I go get groceries. Like, yeah, because like, why, why risk it? You know, it's, it's worth the, it's worth the effort uh, to do it, to not get those kind of communicable diseases, even just the regular ass ones, you know? So, you know, that might be my thing, but yeah, as far as I, I like, I like the idea of going to like a show like that to kind of ease back into it because I'm not definitely not ready to like festival it up in a sense, at least not yet. Uh, I'm, like in about two weeks, I'll be probably going to my first concert since what? the pandemic. And that's going to be a John Karabi acoustic show. And that sounds hmm. like a good, like low key kind of, you know, it's at a bar and grill on a Wednesday night. 
you know, and it's like, all right, well, I I want to circle back to that, John, but real quick. Yeah. I hear what you're saying about the mask. I mean, my, and I don't want to get into a mask discussion here, but my, my, I'm just so ready. I mean, I feel like I did the right thing for the 15 months. I wore the mask. I stayed home. I, you know, did everything right. I got the vaccine as early as I could. I, some people even gave me a hard time that I may have gotten it too early because other people <laughs> needed it, but that's a whole another discussion. But I, I just feel like I'm so ready. My, my oldest son has gotten his first dose. He'll have his second dose next weekend. My younger son's 10, so he can't get it yet. So I do worry a little bit about him, but not too much because we know that this doesn't really affect kids all that much in general of course there are some horrible cases but um i i just i'm really ready to not wear it and i understand what you're talking about colds but i get it cold like once every 10 years so it's like i kind of feel like yeah i'm they're usually really bad yeah you're definitely gonna be fine then you must have like super genetics (laughs) yeah they're really bad when i get them but they're like i don't know I, i i I get my flu shot every year. I, I just feel like I don't get sick. I probably shouldn't be saying this. But when I do get sick, it's bad. Like, like, sure. but I, I don't get sick much. Let's just put it that way. And I, I have trouble with the mask because my glasses fog up and yeah. they slide off my face. And yeah. it, no, I'm it, with you. It, I don't want to go to a concert like with a freaking mask on. It's just like I, I'm so... I'm not, listen, I'm not, I wasn't one of the anti-maskers or any of these by quite the opposite. I was the guy who was, you know, staying home early on while some people were still running around out there. But it's just like, for me, enough is enough. I'm, I'm ready to rock. And M3 has announced that they're coming back full steam in July uh, with a makeup show uh, for the twice canceled 80s rock fest, if you will, due to the pandemic. And there are certain people who are upset that they're doing this in July. It's an outdoor show in Maryland. And I'm kind of like, it's time. It's time to do this. I, I, yeah. I really think I think this is an outdoor show. It, if, if people yeah. want to come, if it's half full, fine. But it's yeah. time. It's time. Let's yeah. let's get going here, guys. If yeah. you don't yeah. have the vaccine, you probably don't want the vaccine at this point. And that's a whole nother thing. You know, like it's a whole other can of worms. But yeah. yeah and we won't go there. Let's not go there. But, I'm cool yeah. with outdoor, like outdoors. Yeah. I mean, like I am more prone to doing that for sure right now, especially. And, you know, most of these festivals are outdoors. And I uh, I think that'll be OK. I mean, you know, I I just hope everybody got everybody got enough vaccines out there to you know protect us from the stupid and i just hope everybody's okay and yeah i, I want to go to shows too that's that's our thing that's another reason why we get along so well is that we are show people yes uh, so so let's talk about the main thing yeah let's talk about karabi now you mentioned karabi here's just a random question just popped into my head and this is no disrespect towards karabi if you guys don't know who john karabi is he was Briefly, the singer for Motley Crue when Vince Neil was out of the band and they did a kind of a album that was in a different musical direction. And there's a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, let's say there's some love for this record because it is kind of your off the beating path thing. It's not the album that the majority of the people who are going to go see Motley Crue play in a stadium are going to know. 
but there is right. what, what would you call it? like a heart mm, cult following cult following thank you joe so he did that and it's a good record i think there's some decent songs on that record and especially uh what's the main one uh hooligan Hooligan's hot holiday so misunderstood. Good. Yeah. yeah yeah a couple couple of decent maybe more than a couple decent tracks on there. really good i should say uh then he went on after that i i don't know he's done so much stuff he did a band called union yeah. with bruce kulik from kiss fame for a while and yeah. it, honestly they had some decent songs, but they really weren't from what I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. They, they struggled. They didn't really catch on. And, and I remember when they used to put out the, uh, you know, how many tickets sold to shows on, on the websites, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I remember that they were all dismal wherever they would go. And I always kind of felt bad for, for union. Yeah. It's like, you know, they go play Europe and they do pretty well. Uh, but you know, struggle in America. It was, I, I, I call union like, you know, like a metal edge band. Like they, that that's where they got a lot of their coverage. And the perception was that they were like really happening and everything. And I like union. They're actually about to reissue those helms out on vinyl oh, or maybe okay. put them out for the first time on vinyl. I saw Karabi say that, but yeah, I'm a fan of the 94 Motley record. Uh, I went to the tour even, and, uh, one of the few, right. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah i think you, you, know. you, you spoke about that before and just let me finish on karabi he before yeah, yeah. before motley crew he had a he was in the scream which was another yeah. kind of cult favorite that had a couple of the guys bruce from racer x or something i can't remember but then post okay so scream motley crew union and i'm sure i'm missing things here but eventually ended up in the dead daisies and let's face it when they were for a little bit Oh, yeah. It was in rat for a little bit. Right. OK, yeah. so <laughs> this guy is not a household name is what I'm going no. at. I know when his right. last band, the Dead Daisies, played in New York, there was really not many people in the club to see them play. It was pretty, pretty empty, actually. But so he's not he's not a big draw. And that's no disrespect. It's just in my humble opinion, he's not a big draw. But will he be a bigger draw now coming out of quarantine? Do you think what do you expect at the show? Uh, well, you know, even with the whole concerts coming back, I think there will be a big pushback as far as people showing up. And I think people of that ilk will definitely draw a little better initially. Yeah, I do too. On, on, on the front end of it, you know, after a while, after it cools off, of course, it'll be business as usual. But, you know, like uh, living where I live, like in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we already have like a lot of options for shows and everything. So the, another one of the reasons I'm going, well, number one, I've never seen Krabby do an acoustic show and I'm looking forward to it. Apparently he busts out covers and, you know, Kiss, Aerosmith, stuff like that too. Cool. We'll play some Motley stuff, we'll play some Scream stuff, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, it's a Wednesday night in the Dallas area and, you know, most people are probably not going to go, of that age especially, they got their office job the next day or whatever. Even though it's like technically the summertime, this is, this is a bar and grill in Dallas this is not for this is not a show that kids are going to want to go to. So I, I think it'll draw decently, probably better than it would have normally, especially on a Wednesday in Dallas. But yeah, I'm expecting people to be there, but I'm also not expecting it to be, you know, nuts to butts. So that's another reason why I'm like, cool, indoor show on a weeknight. This will be a good one to start with. Right. And it's, you know, it's low key acoustic, that kind of thing. I think, uh, I think some other, I think a guy from like, like a like a tour tour or something like that is like opening acoustic or something like that okay so, 
yeah, it, it, it's a certain audience, let's just say. So, um, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be decently attended, but not like blow away. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of uh, restrictions on capacity. So we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll report back for sure. Yeah, I'm curious. And do you plan to wear a mask at the show or don't you know? I'm going to take one. Um, yeah, I just I'm going to play it by ear as I see it. You know, like that's just going to be my thing. Like, I think for a while to be like kind of like a weird, uh, you know, weird security blanket in a sense of a better to have it, and not need it than the need it, not have it kind of thing. Right. Right. That's yeah, a, that, that's mainly it. I'm considering I, I, got some, I got some cool ones. I got I got my Alice Cooper mask. I got my oh, ACDC nice. mask. I got I got show ready masks. Right. Right on. Right on. <laughs> Yeah, well, Corey Glover from Living Color has a has a new band. I think, I'm trying to remember, Disciples of Verity, I think they're called. Yeah, and, that metal act he's doing. That's yeah, cool. and they're they're doing a show in less than a month at a club not too far from us. I'm considering going to that. However, yeah. it's just like the club is notorious for putting bands on at like super late hours, and I just yeah. Hard, it's hard uh with kids my age and babysitters and all that stuff to be out to yeah. you know one in the morning at a show but um considering yeah. that maybe we'll see but i'm i'm ready i'm really ready i'm actually jealous of some places it seems like the touring acts are avoiding new jersey and new york city I don't know why, but I guess maybe because I'm sure it's an ordinance thing that they're they're yeah. just now kind of getting things back up and running. I know Lamb of God and Megadeth have announced a show at PNC. Uh, Rod Stewart has a PNC is like a big outdoor yeah. place up here. Rod Stewart announced a show there, so we're we're starting to get stuff here and there. But it it seems like when I look at where the bands are touring. It's like Florida, Texas, you know. Oh yeah, because that's because they basically have Tennessee doesn't, doesn't really give a shit, right? So it's like, I mean, they're been they're gonna benefit from that. Hopefully, everybody does. Like I said, I wish everybody well and health and success in touring. And uh, so yeah, I I think uh, and to the to the bands and acts that are delaying for another year, great. That's their prerogative. I would not begrudge them doing that because. On the wait and see tip, I get it. Like I totally right. get that. Plus, also, everybody will be touring this year in a sense if they can. So they're going to get the next year's business. So you know, maybe they don't have a show ready. Maybe they just want to plan properly, plan the odds, however you want to see it. Um, to, I was going to ask you, Mark. Uh, so, how many shows do you have active tickets for? Kind of off the top of your head, did anything get completely canceled? delayed rescheduled like where are you right now and how many are you waiting what's in the queue for you yeah i think it's four right now i wanted to buy rod stewart tickets the other night but uh, i just we decided not to because a emily's not a big fan i am a big fan and and b we're trying we're in the middle of a move and trying to save some money so it it was less about the pandemic and more about just prices because the tickets weren't yeah. cheap. Um, but yeah, as no, far as, my, yeah, my Brock Stewart show over here is like $200 for like yeah. a nosebleed. Yeah. And then you buy, <laughs> then you buy two, you buy two tickets and you know, it's, it's up there, but yeah. yeah. Um, so in right now we have uh, a number of things that have all been pushed. There is ministry, 
which was postponed twice and now finally pushed to, I think, like October or something. There is the Motley Crue Def Leppard Stadium Tour, which has been pushed all the way into 2022. Mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine at Madison Square Garden indoor show pushed to 2022. And then I have uh, Fu Manchu tickets, and that also pushed to 2022. So not not a not a heck of a lot really in the immediate future for for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to add some to that. I'm, I don't know, but canceled yeah. Bon Jovi canceled full refund. Um, I had at one point Beach Boy tickets. Those were a full refund. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. There were some other ones I can't remember. There, there was oh, Rammstein is another one I have oh, tickets yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, which I I believe that has that been pushed to. I feel like that's been pushed to 2022 also. Yeah, and graduating yeah. to stadiums in the states, it's probably a a tad overdue. Like because. I, I've, I, when they, they tour here so irregularly, you know, that when they come here, it's big business and it just makes sense. I see them getting booked in some stadiums around the States as far as I could tell. Yeah, that's so. what it is in New Jersey. And there's been some controversy, controversy as to if they're ready for that. Um, but I guess we shall see for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think they'll sell out any of those stadiums, but I, I think they can, they seem to consistently out, you know, sell out an arena or a shed. So maybe this is just like, Hey, I, I, and I bet you anything, just because of how business has been, they may have gotten a better rate than they would have normally, you know, as far as like the, you know, to play a stadium. So this yeah. is probably although the stadiums were booked before the pandemic and now they've just been delayed. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. The See, stadium tour was booked before the pandemic. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like I know, I know so many people that like beeline to go see them more than any band at all. So like, it's kind of neat to see them, you know, kind of being put in that upper echelon. It's it's interesting. So I'm yeah. all for a, a rock band <laughs> graduating to stadiums. Uh, it's it's been a while. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 like uh, the the Kiss David Lee Ross show that I wanted to happen like the most. Uh, it looks like it is on for October. Okay. Uh, over over down in Fort Worth. And it looks like Dave is still a part of it, which is nice because I see him uh, adding those events again to his calendar online. So, oh, okay. Because, because, you know, when these shows, sometimes when these shows get rescheduled, especially like, you know, festivals and whatever, the, the opening act can change, plans change, you know, whatever. But it looks like Dave's on board, which is, it makes me very happy because that, that, of course, you know, of course, always go, I'll always go see Kiss, but I mean, you know, don't, don't give me Dave and then take him away without it happening. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it, but his Vegas stuff has been postponed indefinitely. It's up in the air as far as like it, it, those shows did get canceled, actually not postponed. I should say that. Uh, but I hope they still happen. Cause I would, I would totally still go see him play in Vegas. Cause that's a show I really, really wanted. Um, and then I guess the other thing that we had a ticket for was punk rock bowling in Vegas, which we, really like a lot but that one relies a lot on international acts uh okay. lot, you know of course there's domestic bands too but the ones that are from america like especially california the southwest area like where there's a lot of good punk rock bands those bands do tend to play places like that pretty consistently so 
it's not a unique thing. So the unique thing, of course, is getting like a bigger name band that maybe is from somewhere else in the world to play there. And that's really what a lot of the draw is for people like us to like travel way out there to go see. And one of the ones I was looking forward to seeing was Madness and they're not playing it anymore. So we were kind of like, ah, we probably won't go to that one. So it's, uh, it's, you know, festivals are interesting because like I said, there's some people that are taking the year off and some people are just going full steam. Uh, but man, there's some really good festivals coming up and there's some really bad festivals coming up. Maybe we should expound upon that on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. We probably should wrap this one up, but I, I will throw two other shows out there in 12 i think it's like 12 days kiss is playing in new york so it's mm. part of the tribeca well, film festival and well. are they debuting their a and e documentary on the band at the festival robert de niro founded the festival yeah. and and they're supposed to play a set after oh. the screening so i looked into it and of course it's like a thousand dollars you know to get in <laughs> a ticket to get into the festival yeah. and you have access to all, all the different stuff. Uh, and it's just something I can't afford, but coincidentally, my current job, I, I do a lot of work in video production, TV production is with a and E. So I actually did reach out to um, somebody at a and E and said, if you need any help whatsoever, you know, at the event um, you need me to promote it on my, my podcast, whatever you need, let me know. And they seemed yeah. sort of enthusiastic. They were like, I because I did this once before when I was working for A&E, which owns History Channel. You know, they they got yeah. me Jack Jack Osborne on to promote Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. So yeah. I, there's a slight chance I, I, I would I would put it at like 20 percent. But I, there's a slight chance I may be seeing Kiss in less than two weeks. So oh, fingers crossed my on fingers that. for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh... So it, let me ask you this, since this is kind of our speakeasy show, if you get into that show, like, are you allowed to like brag about it basically at that time? Or are you going to like, if you post something online that night to be like, Hey, look where I am. Uh, is that like kind of frowned upon or do they not care when you, you mean they, you mean like the company or yeah. Yeah. Like let's say a and a get you in there. Uh, and then like that, that night, like we all know that you're at the show because you got, Oh yeah, I, I would, I, I would post it for sure. Yeah, I would. I would post it for sure. I don't. It's weird because it's like a totally different department from what I even work with. So I'm not. Okay. I don't think it would be frowned upon that I was there. And I don't think I'd be up there, you know, saying I was there because because of A&E. I, I, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you did your job for the night, that kind of stuff. So that would be awesome, man. I'm really pulling for you to get that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And then the other festival, the only festival that we're planning tentatively on going to at this point is a New Jersey festival called See Here Now. And it's down on the Jersey Shore, Asbury Park. And it's uh, a friend of mine is one of the founders of it. And we're hoping that it happens. It's in September and it's just a really big, massive festival, Pearl Jam headlining, Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Idol. Oh, yeah. Avid Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So that I've been told if it happens, they're going to get me in for free. And we did reserve a hotel room down in that area, hoping that that happens. And 
I think it will. I, I, I don't know. It's outdoors. You know, I, I think I think it'll probably happen. But okay. that's that's another one. So, yeah, now that now that you have me going through everything and I'm sorry, I didn't have a, a list. prepared. <laughs> there's there's actually quite a few things uh, in in down the down the road coming up for us, but nothing in the immediate future except possibly Kiss and maybe Corey Glover. But both of those seem kind of iffy to me. Yeah. And uh, I, I think Megadeth and then Judas Priest should be coming around here in the fall. So okay, at that, like, you know, I, I go back and forth with, do I go see Megadeth this time around? You know, and, and good for them. They're consistent as far as touring and record output. So, you know, before the pandemic, it was like, ah, you know, maybe I'll go. But now it's kind of like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> right. Cool. Uh, definitely going to go see Priest. How, how could you not? Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I was just look at that festival. That looks like a lot of fun. That gave me a good idea for the outro song, too. So, all right. What is it? Uh, well, there's a band that's like uh, towards the middle bottom of the bill. Uh, they're from the uh, Texas area, Black Joe Lewis. Uh, if you go make a point to check those guys out, I, that was, um, uh, I'm going to give you some homework for the next okay. episode. Black, uh, op- Black Joe, day. Joel, Black Joel Lewis. Black Joe. Lewis. Joe. Okay. Yeah, like the boxer. Right. Um, oh. And uh, so they're like a they're from Austin, Austin, Texas, and they're like a a punk funk, R and B rock kind of thing. And uh, so band that you saw that like blew you away that was an opener that you had never heard any of their music prior to seeing them live. This was that band for me. I saw okay, them open. Cool. I saw them open for the Dolls, and they were great. And just one of those opening bands that blew me away. They did two covers that night too. They did uh, the Stooges. I feel all right. And they did James Brown's I don't mind. And they pulled both of them off beautifully. Any band that can do that in the same set has my respect. So a band definitely worth checking out and they're super fun. So absolutely cool. All right, man. Well, I forgot I had my camera on this whole time, so I hope I wasn't, uh, and you have yours off. So I hope I wasn't picking my nose or. <laughs> no, <laughs> or no, 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 not like Twiggy on the Howard Stern show all those years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, he was digging for gold. No, you're good. Yeah. Uh, no, scra- right. no scratching yourself. No nose picking. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's weird. Okay. It's weird. Cause when I don't have, like, if you would have had your camera on, I would have been m- more i recognize that my camera's on but there's been a few times where people don't have their cameras on and suddenly i forget mine's on i feel like oh shit hope i didn't well i'll I'll get that video turned on next time i don't know what happened so we just kind of went (laughs) for it no worries all right man well it's always great talking with you and we thank the listeners for joining us here and we will be back at some point with another episode of talking rock definitely check joey out on rock strikes 10 check me out on talking metal the Talking Metal Podcast and cnjradio.com, right, Joey? Absolutely. That's where you get this show and five other shows of massive quality. Awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah, so take us out? Let, let, yeah, let's play some Black Joe Lewis. Let me go with this one right here. Uh, this is a fun uh, little boogie number. This is called Mustang Ranch. All right. San Francisco overnight and a long drive, man, ain't nothing to do. We were both on the waiting, and me and Bill was up in the front. I said, man, is that a UFO? He said, I think it is. I think there's two of them. I said, man, ain't that place Mustang Ranch on the way? He said, yeah, let's call him up. 
Caught a girl, bought a phone, she said hello. I said, how much would it be for me to come over and get my, 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 my hand glazed? She said, Yeah. 